Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. At this moment, we are still going through our Transformed series. So today, with that in mind, we are going to look at the life of David. When his life was transformed from a runner hiding from everybody to a man who would become king. The title of my message today is, is this, From Runner to Rainer. This morning I would also like to bring a message of encouragement to every one of us who uh, may be listening or watching this, uh, this, this sermon today. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30, and we're going to look at the first six verses, and it says this in verse 1. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and all who were in both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried off as they went on their way. And when David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam, uh, Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because of the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The life of David is a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. At times, we find him on the mountaintops, victorious, unbeatable, confident. And then at other times, he's deep in the valley, depressed, disillusioned, down and surrounded by sin. Sounds a bit like us, doesn't it? But the story of the life of David is very unique. He starts in the Bible as a virtually unknown, simple shepherd boy tending his father's flocks uh, in the lush rolling greens around Bethlehem. He was the eighth child, taking a backseat to seven older, stronger and more qualified brothers. He was overlooked by the very prophet who came to anoint a king from the house of Jesse. And he was brushed off by his own father as being just a child. Yet this lad of simple beginnings ends up one of the greatest men in biblical history. His life is the story of a lad who would overcome a lion, a bear, a 10 foot giant, yet would fall prey to a woman probably half his size. It's the story of a lad who ran to fight Goliath and spent years running from Saul. It's the story of a lad 
who a 17-year-old boy who was anointed king over Israel in the presence of his brethren, of whom God said in 1 Samuel 16, verse 12, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Of whom Jonathan said in 1 Samuel 23, verse 17, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows this. Everybody, including Saul, had told this man that he will one day be king. But in 1 Samuel 27, David, in one of his real downer times, says these words, Now I shall perish, someday by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than the, uh, for me that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. What an emotional roller coaster ride. Up and then he's down. He's up and then he's down. But the thing is, we can all relate to this pattern, can't we? We have all uh, been anointed by God. We have all received precious promises. We have all had them confirmed over and over and over again. Yet we still say to ourselves, this is it. I am surely going to struggle. God has forgotten me. And if you study the first book of Samuel, you will find that David had no real peace in his life at that time. He is anointed. He kills Goliath. And he is then pursued by Saul. And he is then continually running and running and running. For years, David ran up and down. One day on the mountaintops, the next in the valleys. Up and then down. But there came a point in David's life when he crossed over into a new realm of his walk with God. A point where he ceased to be a runner and instead he became a reigner. Something happened to David that transformed him from a man led by his emotions to a king that God had always intended him to be. Something caused him uh, to stop being affected by the situations and start affecting his situations. Something happened that caused him to stop living under the circumstances and start walking on top of them. And what I want to say to you this morning, and what I feel the, the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart as I was preparing this sermon, is this, that there are way too many of us who are being affected by the circumstances that surround us. And God never intended for that to happen. Our God doesn't intend for us to be changed by our world, no. He intends us to change our world. Our God doesn't intend for us to live under the circumstances that surround us. 
He intends us to walk on top of them. The disciples, they thought their boat would be capsized because the wind and the waves were so strong. But when they looked up and to their amazement, the very waves that they thought were going to destroy them, Jesus was walking on top of them. And I'm here to tell you today that God has a destiny for this church. God has a destiny for us individually. And the devil, well, he is going to send storms, problems, waves, social distancing. He's going to send face masks. He's going to, he's going to send lockdowns. He's going to send tier threes. He's going to send COVID. But instead of being cowed, feared by the elements, by the situations, we need to walk right on top of them. We're not runners, you see. We are reigners. So this morning, let's look at the life of David. And to fully understand David's dilemma in our scripture uh, passage this morning, we must backtrack about 16 months in his life. There he was mired in self-pity and he does something very uncharacteristic. He flees to the Philistine camp. His enemy, he flees to them and asks for their protection. The same man who killed their champion so many years earlier now wants to fight for them. The same man who ran to Goliath to kill him in the Valley of Elah now runs to the same men to ask for their protection. He runs to their king, King Achish, to ask for his protection. The same man who fought so many battles for the people of God now bargains to fight against them because of the discouragements and the disappointments in his life. For 16 months, David fought with the Philistines against their enemies, barely escaping, having to fight against his own people. And now the final straw is thrown on the camel's back. When they come back from fighting one enemy, they discover that another enemy, the Amalekites, had snuck in behind them, kidnapped their families, stolen their possessions and burned their camp. His own men turned on him and they were ready to stone him. So David, he finally hits the wall. He reaches that point where things in his life couldn't possibly get any worse. And to top it all off, there was no Jonathan to pat him on the back and say, don't worry, mate, everything's going to be fine. There was no um, loyal men standing by him saying, we're, we're right behind you, boss. For the first time in his life, David was completely alone. He lost his family and his friends and his own men had turned against him. So what do you do when you're in that situation? When you've reached that point in your life, well, you can do one of two things. You can 
give in to the discouragements and quit, walk away, or you can do what David did. He didn't wait for the priests to encourage him. He didn't wait for someone to pat him on the back. The Bible says in verse 6, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I believe David learned the most important lesson of his life when he learned how to encourage himself. When he realised that he didn't have to wait for somebody to come, come and carry him to pat him on the back and tell him everything was going to be all right. When he realised that there was no one who was going to encourage him, he told himself, I have to encourage myself. My circumstances will not destroy me. I'll destroy them. My situation is not going to change me. I'll change it. In our scripture reading today, David is surrounded by sorrow, surrounded by his personal grief, the grief of the remnant of a camp, Ziklag, the grief of having his wives kidnapped, the grief of being outsmarted. David would have been justified in losing his mind over this mess that he was in. He would have been justified in resigning and moving away. He would have been justified in turning to drink or something else to, to help forget his troubles. He would have been justified in blaming others for the, for the problems that he had. But David encouraged himself. Do you know what that statement means in Hebrew? It means this. He made himself strong. He strengthened himself. He made himself firm. He displayed strength. He supported himself. He repaired himself. He sustained himself. Friends, at times we all need to encourage ourselves, but we've got to do it in the Lord. The scripture reads, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Do you know what I found out? I found out that you can't administer godly encouragement outside of the Lord. You can't do it without God being involved. So David, he made himself strong by remembering that the Lord is a strong tower. David strengthened himself by remembering that when I am weak, he is strong. David made himself firm by remembering that he gives power to the faint-hearted. David displayed strength by remembering that he is Jehovah Jireh, the God that meets our needs. David supported himself by remembering that he is with you always. David repaired himself by remembering that the Lord can renew your mind. David sustained himself by remembering that he leads me beside still waters and my cup runneth over. Friends, there may be no one around to pat us on the back. So sometimes, friends, we have just got to do it ourselves. So come on, self. We're going to be encouraged 
in the Lord. So come on, self. We're going to change our will for God. So come on, self. We're going to have revival. Revival here in Poynton and Hazel Grove and, and High Lane and New Mills and Macclesfield and any of the other surrounding areas that I might have missed. And that is what turned David into the king that God intended him to be. And it's the same thing that turns us into the Christians that God wants us to be. Just simply deciding that I'm going to have victory no matter what the circumstances are in my life. I'm going to have revival no matter what the enemy is doing in my life. I am going to walk on top of the circumstances and I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord my God. You know, it's fantastic when people encourage you on a daily basis. And I'm so thankful for the people who have encouraged me, regularly encouraged me by sending me letters and emails and stuff. And I'm just so thankful for that. The Bible teaches us that we are to encourage, to exalt, to support and to strengthen one another. But the fact of the matter is this, that there will come a time in our lives when we will be standing all alone. A time when there is no one to encourage us or pat us on the back or call us or visit us or say words of comfort to us. There are times in our walk with God that we will be completely alone. I love the story of the guy who was totally alone in this isolation unit in hospital. The doctor said to him, we're going to put you on a diet, a diet of pancakes and pizza. Wow, said the man, will pancakes and pizza cure my condition? No, said the doctor, they're the only things that we can get under the door. But there will be times when we will feel completely alone. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 verse 16 and 17, At my first defence, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Paul was saying that he didn't have a strong shoulder to cry on, to lean on. He had no friends telling him, Paul, it's okay, things are going to work out. Paul was saying that even though he was alone, God came down and strengthened him. Friends, it's when we're alone and encouraging ourselves that the power of God becomes more real to us than ever before. Abraham was told by God to sacrifice the very son God had promised him. Genesis 22 verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And it goes on to say, And arose, he rose and went to the place of which God had called to him. Abraham had encouragement for the first two days of his trip. But on the third day, 
he had to go on alone. And it was when Abraham got by himself with God that God showed himself more powerful than Abraham could ever have imagined. Friends, it's when we're alone that we see the awesome provision of God. Jacob had always had the support of his mother, helping him work things out in his life. But there came a time when the Bible says in Genesis 32 verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When everybody else had left, Jacob was forced to become honest with God. Instead of lying to those around him, Jacob finally became honest and said, God, I'm a deceiver and a liar. And that was when God changed Jacob. In the alone time, Jacob was changed from a deceiver to a prince with God. Friends, it's when we're alone, encouraging ourselves that we will be changed by the power of God. The Bible tells us of the prodigal son, who for a long time had family around him. He then left his family and he was surrounded by friends who left him. However, there came a time in his life that the Bible says in Luke 15 verse 16, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the husks that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. The day came when there was no one to pat this young man on the back. He was all alone. It, but it was when he was alone that he, the Bible says that he found, he came to himself. He got up and he went back to his father's house. And the amazing change in his attitude is fantastic. He left saying, Father, give me my inheritance. And he came back saying, Father, make me a servant. Friends, it's in the alone times, the alone times that God shapes our character and we become servants. He takes the selfishness from us and then instills kingdom hearts in us, in the alone times. So many things change in us that we find ourselves alone and we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. God changes our attitude. He reveals his power. He makes us stronger. He increases our faith. All in the times when we're alone with him. No one likes to be alone. I hate being alone. But yet, it's in those times of solitude that God does his greatest work in us. And the end of the story? Well, after encouraging himself in the Lord, David got the advice he needed from God. He went after the Amalekites and defeated them. And the amazing thing is this that in the battle they didn't lose a single soul. They got back all of their wives and their sons and their daughters and it was classed as a great victory. 
In addition to all the recovered goods, David and his army captured a really impressive amount of Amalekite goods as well. And on the march home, everybody was praising God and shouting, look what God has given, has given us. You see, they came back with more than they lost. Isn't that fantastic? That is just so God. Finally, friends, I want just to say this in finishing. We will never be victorious until we determine that we are going to worship, even when we're alone. We will never have the joy of the Holy Spirit until we determine that we are going to be happy in spite of the circumstances that surround us. We will never live in the realm of spiritual anointing until we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. Right now, if we look at the circumstances around us, lockdowns, tier three, social distancing, COVID, we will get so discouraged. So, in these difficult days, in these strange days, in these weird days, we need to learn the secret of encouraging ourselves in the Lord, our God. We need to surrender to God's will. We need to depend on God's strength. And friends, we need to rest on his promises. And you know what? He will give you peace.